Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Here's a preview of what you'll hear on this episode of Beyond the Wheel. Remote Work School is an online program. It's 100% remote. But what makes it different than other types of programs out there like that is that it comes with a coaching element. So what happens is people who are at that stage of life where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, maybe they've left a company or a job, maybe they were downsized, outsized, maybe they were even forced into remote work in 2020, uh, and maybe they didn't like it or choose it or doesn't pay them enough or whatever scenario is going on for people. Remote work is the solution to help guide people on that journey. Now enjoy the show. You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. Whether your adventure is on the road, on the water, or off the grid, Battleborn Batteries keep you out there longer. Hey everyone, Kenny here. Do you travel with pets and are looking for a way to monitor and be alerted of temperature spikes in your RV while away? I've been using a TempStick and RRV for over three years, and I love the simplicity of being able to connect to any of our hotspots, as well as not having the hassle of any subscription or service fees. If you are looking for a reliable way to protect your pets while away, check out TempStick at TempStick.com. In today's episode, we're going to talk with Camille Attell about remote work and her remote work school. This is a unique subject for our podcast, so we wanted to take a little time to say how important remote work is to the RV community. In January of this year, 2021, Harvest Host released the results of a survey they conducted amongst 10,000 RVers. Of those surveyed who worked, 39% worked fully remotely and 23% work at least part-time remotely. That is over 60% of the RV workers surveyed are engaged in some form of remote work. Similarly, KOA's North American Camping Report noted that the first-time campers are significantly more impacted by access to technology, attributing nine additional days of camping to Wi-Fi access. This likely results from a new block of campers who started camping due to COVID and subsequently being able to work or do school remotely. Also in the report, more than a third of all campers say that having the ability to work or do school remotely allowed them to spend more time camping in 2020, and another 3 in 10 mentioned traveling or vacationing more often because of this. This tells us that remote work is a big part of the RV community. 
This means a requirement for technology upgrades at campgrounds and improved Wi-Fi access in other camping areas. But also, RVers interested in perhaps pursuing remote work opportunities need to learn how to prepare and market themselves for remote work. As you will hear in the conversation, many people do not realize the skills they have can be applied to remote work. Even if you think you are not qualified to work remotely, you may be surprised. So let's bring in Camille to talk about how she can set you up for that remote work dream job. Hi, Camille. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with Remote Work School? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sure. So a uh, quick background. I have been a full-time RVer. Gosh, I feel like actually it really is five years with the last year being kind of a part-time model that we've been experimenting with. And uh, before that, I was in corporate America my pretty much my entire life with my last role being a continuous improvement slash corporate trainer, which I'm not even going to go into all of that because it doesn't even really matter. My husband, Bryce, and I uh, got on the road in 2016 and literally reinvented ourselves professionally, personally, in all the ways that you can do that and became RV bloggers. And that led to the launching of Remote Work School, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later in the episode. So I'm the founder of Remote Work School, which is all about helping semi-retirees and people who want to RV get remote work so they can have the income to live a flexible lifestyle. So hopefully that answers your question at a high level. And I don't want to just drone on and on because I know I have a tendency sometimes. <laughs> so remote work school, like, can you just kind of give a brief description of what it is? You kind of glanced over it just in your intro there, but like, is it all web-based? What, how does, what is remote work school? Sure. Yeah. Well, Remote Work School is an online program. It's 100% remote, but what makes it different than other types of programs out there like that is that it comes with a coaching element. So what happens is people who are at that stage of life where they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, maybe they've left a company or a job, maybe they were downsized, outsized, maybe they were even forced into remote work in 2020. Uh, and maybe they didn't like it or choose it or doesn't pay them enough or whatever scenario is going on for people, remote work is the solution to help guide people on that journey. It really is a journey, as I'm sure you both know, you've been on your own remote work journeys over the years. Not only does it come with a self-study element, it also comes with my direct coaching. And that's important because I've done a lot of programs. I've been designing programs for over 20 years. I've been professionally trained in how to do them. What I've found out taking a lot of the ones that are out there today is that um, without that coaching element, it's really hard to get the traction that you really do need. So it comes with coaching, self-study, and a whole bunch of other amazing resources like a community of your peers, job leads, and just lots of fantastic things that help people find the right remote work to support their lifestyle. I, I like the, the coach part of it. I think that is probably what would attract most people to do the program. I think knowing that they have somebody in their corner that they can reach out to for help and to keep them motivated too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Not everybody's yeah. great at that self, yeah, propelling themselves like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, so what made you decide to create it? 
uh, did somebody come to you? Were you getting a lot of questions or did you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put this out there and see what happens? It, you know, a combination really of what you, what you just said, but um, more specifically, I mentioned I was an RV blogger. My husband and I started the blog More Than a Whelan, which was all about RV travel. And from there, you know, I was surprised that people actually found it and started following me and interacting with me. And they had questions like, how do you work from the road or how do you make money from the road? And I have a background in um, uh, career development. I was a corporate trainer, as I mentioned, but my all the way back into the 90s, my original job was helping people get off of welfare back into the workforce. So I'm actually formally trained in all things like career development, resume writing, interviewing, career progression. You know, I come from the world of HR. So because I had that background, because I've been a corporate trainer, and then I was actually a real full-time Harvey traveler, I thought, well, you know, I am uniquely qualified to combine all those aspects to actually offer something of value to people that I think is different than just about anything else they're going to find uh, anywhere else. So, I, and I got really inspired by it. It has since become really more of a mission-based business, meaning I'm so passionate about helping people figure this out, this phase, because it can be very overwhelming and intimidating and, you know, big life transitions for people. Even ones where you choose it, like you want to go RVing is still fraught with scary things and unknowns. And I am really good at helping people, you know, guide them through that journey. And then the last thing I'll mention is I also have my master's degree in counseling. So the coaching aspect of the program really does come from my counseling background in helping people really work through some of those fears that I just mentioned. So really kind of everything you mentioned was kind of the inspiration behind it. And how long did it take you to, to put this school together? Oh, that is a very, very good question, Sean. Um, <laughs> depends on when you want to talk about the start button of, of it all. I mean, I would say in 2017, you probably know this, Sean, because I uh, am a, currently a business partner with your wife, Julie Chickory, along with Liz Wilcox and Lindsay McKenzie. We were putting together our summit, Full-Time Freedom Week. I didn't have a product to sell. And Liz was like, you need to sell something. And so I was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And that's in remote work school, the idea for it, although back then it was called something different, came out of that. So the first iteration was 2017. Second iteration was 2018. And that was intact from 2018 all the way up until this year, until about March of 2021, I completely tore the whole thing apart. I literally burned the original one to the ground because the pandemic had completely changed everything in the employment market. And I rebuilt it this year. It is so amazing. I love the new build, the old build. I didn't love as much, um, but now I feel like it is what I call a world-class training coaching program. So, you know, it's been in existence since 2017, but it's had three iterations and I've had close to 700 people go through the program since its beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, did COVID play a part in you wanting to change it in 2021? So mm -hmm. I would imagine a lot, I, I mean, COVID changed a lot, but I would imagine the online world and people remote work is something that everybody got thrown into whether they wanted to or not. 
It is. And, and what's so interesting is people say to me, oh, wow, you must have done so well during COVID. Well, two reasons I didn't do as well as I could have. Reason number one is I wasn't feeling well myself. I had not because of COVID, but I had health issues, which is another reason why I think remote work is such an amazing solution. Everything from health issues, age discrimination, racism, disabilities, right? All of these things that remote work can solve. So I wasn't feeling great. So I didn't have a lot of energy for it. But secondly, my marketing was all about convincing people to work remotely. And then when the pandemic hit, nobody needed convincing Um, and nobody batted an eye. And so all my marketing had to be completely overhauled as well as the course itself really needed a refresh after pretty much three years. Do you think anybody can find remote work or are there only certain people that remote work is good for? How do people know if, if it's right for them, if there's something out there that they could actually do remotely? Right. That is definitely one of the things that I help people figure out. First of all, I believe just about everyone can work remotely, really, if they want to. Some people don't want to. And some people have a skill set that they find is difficult to translate into remote work. So, for example, if you work with your hands, if you need to be some, if you're an RV repair person, you're, you know, your ability to work remotely, maybe you feel like that's a difficult thing to do. Or if you work in manufacturing or something like that, but there are ways to rethink how you do that work that I can almost look at just about, I mean, there's literally no one who's come through my program. Have I ever said, there's no way you you can't do this. We've always found a way. That said, there are some challenges for certain people. Some people will feel super isolated working remotely, right? Some people will find the lack of structure to be hard. They Maybe they liked going to a physical location with a schedule, with a boss that they could see, that they could see their coworkers in person at all. For some people that makes them feel accountable and productive. So it really depends on the individual, but almost anyone really, I mean, 99 out of a hundred people, I think can work remotely. What about people working remotely? You said, you know, some people feel isolated. What about people working remotely in a team setting? Like I, I consider what Sean and I do to be remote work with the podcast, but we're, we're a team and we communicate daily on everything beyond the wheel. So is that something, do you get people doing this together? Yeah. I mean, so what you're describing, I think is so important because, you know, remote work can be quite isolating. I think the introverts are cool with that. <laughs> Um, the extroverts, not as much, and even introverted people feel start to feel really isolated after a while. And so having a community of people that you can go to even virtually is so crucial. That's, that's one of the elements of remote work school that I love so much is that I've built a community where we're meeting pretty regularly, twice a month, at least not in person, but like, you know, on Zoom or somewhere else. We do fun things, we talk, we share, we leverage each other's knowledge. It is a true community. So I do think that that can be a very helpful thing to do. But again, it's very individualized. It will depend on the person and what they want. But that is an aspect of remote work school is is talking about those things. Absolutely. Yes. Can you walk us through it a little bit? Is it typical, does somebody come to you and say, hey, this is my idea of what I want to do? 
and then you coach them from there. So they're not coming to you with like a blank statement means, Hey, I want to start doing remote work. What can I do? Oh, you <laughs> actually, Kenny, <laughs> that's probably more. Really? Often. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I attract two kinds of people. So I, I have two core people that I've kind of nailed this down after studying literally hundreds of people uh, and then thousands of people when you consider over the many years of my just vast, you know, corporate training and all that stuff. Two people I find come to me and they, I call them either the dabblers or the experts. And so the dabblers are people who have spent their whole careers dabbling in all kinds of things. Maybe they did one job for a while and then another job and then they tried their hand at this and that and this and that. And so they end up feeling like they could do so many things, you know, and they're at a a stage of life where they don't want to get pinned down. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things where they're like leaving something and they're like, look, I just don't want to pick a thing because I could do so many things. So I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So that, that happens a lot. On the flip side, I get what I call the experts and the experts are people who have done like one main thing their whole life and they've gotten really good at it. And so the idea that they could do anything else seems completely out of the realm of possibility. So, you know, these are people who have been in a career 20 years or something. And they're like, Camille, I, I'm not skilled for anything else. Like what else could I possibly do? And what's so interesting to me is both the dabblers and the experts have the exact same problem. I tell them the grass is not greener (laughs) because we all have, we all come to the table with the same core problem, which is like, what do I do now? And so, and some people do have ideas, but, but they aren't set on anything. I mean, I think that's why they come to me is because I'm really decisive and I'm really good at helping them explore what makes the most sense based on things like how much money do you need to make? What, how often do you want to work? Uh, are you going to travel or not travel? Right. We have to figure out the pragmatics, but I also tell people you're at the point in your life where you've also earned the right to actually be happy. And so let's try to find you work that does that for you. So I know that was a long answer, but like I said, I get really passionate. (laughs) So, um, that's your answer. Yeah. I think I have like a follow-up to that. So you get the people that come to you. I'm curious, what are their, is there a number one fear? Like what's the worst that could happen or, Mm -hmm. or there there must be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, really it's very individual. I think the experts their biggest fear is a loss of income because, you know, when you get to that expert level, you're probably, your, your salary has been rising year over year. Maybe Mm. you've climbed up the ranks of something. You're now in management director, right? You're at leadership level, maybe, and you're getting paid in a way that's really comfortable. And the idea that if you switch out, first of all, you don't even know what the heck it is you're going to do. Second of all, how are you even going to get paid the money you are going to get paid? So that group, that's kind of their big fear. I think another big fear is that people feel like they just don't have the skills to work remotely. And and I really understand that because they fear technology in particular. But the reality is those skills, the tech skills are not that hard to learn. And really people come to the table with what are called transferable skills. These are life skills, experience skills, knowledge skills that are far more valuable 
and actually quite easy to figure out what you're going to do with those skills somewhere else. So those are kind of the two big things like finances and then feeling like I'm not qualified or I don't have the skills to do X, Y, Z, but those fears can easily be put to rest. We just have to get you, you know, get people focused on the right path. I was going to wait a little longer to ask this, but since we're talking about fears, you obviously had people that have gone through the course and are now working remotely. Do they ever say anything about those fears and how they shouldn't have feared that or that it was, you know, not as hard as they thought it would be? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I would not the part about it wasn't as hard as they thought it would be. The hard part is usually their own thinking and that they were just in their own way but the easier part is when they once they realize that they have transferable skills and they just needed to know how to repackage them or talk about them differently and then they needed to know where to find the right work and then how to position themselves it's then they feel unstoppable they feel like oh my gosh now not only have i found a job because it for me it's not about finding a job it's about finding how you can reposition yourself over and over again anytime because you never know when you're going to lose a job or when you're going to start something new or be faced with some situation. You have to be able to be able to reinvent yourself as many times as you want. So once they figure out that they know how to do that, they just feel so much more in control and those fears are a lot lessened. So you do hear Uh, from people after taking the course, do you continue to counsel or uh, coach after they're finished the course? Does that, is that something that, that, that part of the service stays, stays on or continues? Yeah. So the way it works is when someone comes into my program um, and I call it a program instead of just a course, because I do feel like that what I'm offering is, is so robust that it, it, you know, kind of, goes beyond what a, a typical course would do. Uh, so when they come in, they get the material, all of the learning material that they can do self-paced uh, for life. They get that for life, but then they get my coaching for 90 days and that's all one cost. And then if they want to continue with the coaching and the community after the 90 days, then yes, they have an opportunity to just go into a monthly uh, option and stay as long or as little as they want. Um, so I do have a percentage of folks who are, are really into that because they love the ongoing coaching and support and, and they're growing, they're learning new things. Maybe they've decided to start a business now. Maybe they've got a new thing they want to do. And so that's always an option for people. Kind of walk us through the, the steps or the, what, what are the, portions of the school or the program that people can expect? Sure. The way the program is designed is in phases, because as I mentioned earlier, this is a journey and journeys have phases to them. So when people come in, they go, they start with phase one and phase one is really all about the foundations of why are you even here? And it's not just about getting a job. It really is more about a lot of people come in and they're at like a decision point in their life. There's something big going on, right? Either they've lost, like I said, lost a job, maybe their kids left the house and now they've got all this new free time or they want to RV or, you know, some people just have 
family to take care of. Maybe they have a spouse that isn't well or a parent or whatever. And so there's an inflection point. And so phase one is like, what now? What are you going to do? What does the vision look like for you? What kind of life do you want and need to live? Let's anchor you in that. And then they go through each phase and each phase then builds upon that with really practical stuff. So in phase two, we get into your skill set, like I just mentioned. So we get into what's transferable, what can transport from one industry to the next or one job title to the next. What are you good at? Some people don't even know what they're good at. You know, what's marketable, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then we go through, I won't break down every single phase, but it takes them on the journey to finally get them to, okay, now that you're more clear about all these things, how much money you need to make, what you can charge, uh, the hours, you know, work for yourself, work for someone else, business, uh, employment, you know, whatever it is, then they can go on one of two paths at the very end. And path one is if you want to work for someone else, these are the things you got to get in order to make yourself really marketable. But if you want to work for yourself, and that could be freelance, service-based, a business, whatever, then these are the things you need to get in order for that. And what I found is most people want a hybrid. This is something I've been learning. They want a little of both. They want the stability of employment or paycheck, but they also are ready to try something on their own on the side. And so I have woven kind of those two paths together to, you know, give them the, the variety of what they're looking for. And that, and that's really the way the program is designed and outlined along with, you know, the coaching and then the community where we come together as a group. I'm glad that you took the time to explain all that because in my mind, I did this entire time. I've only been thinking about people that wanted to work for themselves. I didn't even think about remote work and working for somebody else. For some reason, when I think remote work, I think of I'm my own boss. Yeah. Type of thing. So that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. And I found that, you know, again, it depends on the person, you know, some people they're ready. They want to go all in on business. But what I have found even with those people is even though they want to, sometimes they don't realize that that is a, that's a pretty involved process. Mm -hmm. And so while you're on that journey, you still need money. (laughs) So No, you still need money. And so for some people, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to build out that business, but I also need to pick up some freelance gigs, or I also need to just get a little 15 hour a week job for the paycheck, right? So you do end up with that hybrid model more often than you would think. Okay. And how long does it take to go through like from, from the first phase to being wed- ready, quote unquote, to uh, engage in some some type of remote work, whether that's freelance or working for somebody or doing your own thing? It really depends on the person and how motivated they are. I will say, um, you know, my background is in instructional design and corporate training. So I know how to create really action-packed yet short digestible material. And so I have had people go through the program in a week because they're just, they're ready, right? Uh, and get a job in a week. I've also had people say, I don't need that. I would like to take my time and explore and maybe they want to take six months. So it, it really is up to the person and what they want. I've designed the program to be super flexible. It meets people where they are. Um, but I will say that after testing it for so many years, I do feel like the 90 days is a really good time period because 90 days is enough time 
to explore, but it's not so long that you lose motivation and you Mm -hmm. need that kind of deadline and that accountability to kind of keep you active. Um, before I didn't have any real parameters around it. And then people were like hanging out in there for two years. And I'm like, why are you still here? Like, (laughs) I'm happy to have you, but like, you should be working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the 90 days really does. I feel like that has lit a real fire under people. And they're like, okay, I got to get to work here and really get motivated. I still feel like too, that the 90 days gives somebody the opportunity if they're working full-time that they could work their full-time job and go through the program at the same time on their, on their free time. I feel like if there's people doing it an entire week, the 90 days, even working full-time is still very manageable. Super doable. I will say that I tell people to block out no less than one hour a week, um, minimum, right? Like just minimum, just, if you want to just inch through the program at a nice measured pace, do an hour a week, you're going to, it's going to be no problem. But if you want to like really get going, do two hours a week, honestly, like fit in two hours a week, probably in like a month, you're going to make some pretty massive progress. Did I hear you say that you help like after the program's finished, help them find work as well? No, I don't. Now, let me say this. It, it, it's not the way you would think. Like I'm not a recruiter. I'm not a job placement counselor or nothing like that. However, because I have so many networks with so many people, I'm constantly sharing job leads that come up. So, so many of the people in the program have found jobs through me and my network and the jobs that I'm sharing. And that happens at any time. That happens on day one of the program. And if you stay in the program, of course, you know, beyond the 90 days, then you're just getting access to whatever job leads I'm sharing. But I don't place them like, say, a uh, a recruiter would put you in a job. That's, I tried that for a while. Recruiting is no joke. That is, that is a hard job to do. But you're sharing those leads in the community. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And I vet them. So I vet the leads. I make sure I don't share jobs that I think are low paying jobs, you know, like, I mean, I'll share jobs, but I usually talk to the, the people first about, does this job have progression? Are you, do you have a salary range that at least someone, I know that if I recommend this, that someone has a pathway to earning more money. Cause I'm really big on people earning the income that they're worth. Far too many people don't ask for enough money. And so the last thing I want to do is refer someone into a job that I think is not paying enough and asking way too much of the person. So can you tell us, like, what are your top three benefits that you've found as you've been working with these folks going through the program? What are the top three benefits most people tell you of remote work? You mean like the benefits of them finding remote work? Like what are the benefits to them? Yeah, yeah. What are what are the benefits like, not benefits like healthcare and stuff like that, right. but like personally satisfying type things that they get out of remote work? I mean, I think the number one thing is flexibility because again, and I should say, you know, most of the people that I work with are in the age ranges of 40 to 60 years old. And I do get, I do get a a few that are older. I mean, my oldest member was 73. Wow. Um, Could run circles around me, by the way, with her energy (laughs) and enthusiasm. 
and every now and again, I get younger people too, but I, my sweet spot is that kind of 40 to 60 year old range. And for them, the, the, really the top benefit is that flexibility because that's that age range where you're like reassessing your values in life, right? Like 50 years old is that spot where you're like, my kids are starting to get older. I don't like my career anymore, or I got forced out or I'm getting forced out or my boss won't let me go remote when I want, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that remote work, the, the way we can structure it, depending again on what the person wants, just gives them the flexibility, which I think is outweighing at this point, the income. So income's important, of course, but I think what I'm hearing more from the members of remote work school is the flexibility is a higher priority than even the income. But, but income's still important, right? So flexibility, income. And then um, thinking of a third one, because you did ask me for three. I think it depends on the person. The third one's going to be a wild card because to your point, Kenny, like if someone's starting a business, for them, that might be a real creative endeavor that they've never done before. But the person next to them may really not like that journey at all. So, you know, it really, it's really going to be person dependent on that third one. Yeah. I know for, for me, being 100% remote is no more sitting in traffic. And I know that mm. falls into a little bit of the flexibility. But, mm -hmm. you know, when I worked in construction in Philadelphia, I was doing a 45-minute commute in, a 45-minute commute home. That's an hour and a half spent just sitting in traffic. And I feel like the work, you know, the remote work is more productive because I knocked out that commute. That's an hour and a half of more production that I can do at work and actually gets things done. 100%. And actually what you're talking about, there are statistics to prove that remote workers are actually more productive than when they were in the office, because in the office, you had so many more distractions. So not in addition to a commute, a long commute in your case, then when you got there, you have coworkers who interrupt, you got meetings where you get nothing done uh, all day long, right? So there's actually data that supports what you're saying. And I, I would also like to add that I would leave purposely earlier so that I could sit in the parking lot of my work because after 45 minutes of Philadelphia traffic, I need it like another 10 minutes just to like get mentally prepared to go into work. Yes, yes, <laughs> I relate. <laughs> so what's the best way for someone to get enrolled or, or find out more? I know we're going to have a link to your website on our on our show notes. Is that the best way for people to, to find the course? Well, actually I have something even better than that because if people are listening and don't know me and they want to get to know me, I offer a free training. Oh, and great. I think the, yeah, the free training is really solid. And I know pe some people say, Oh, free training. Da, da, da. I have, um, I ha really do. I feel like I'm bragging a lot, which I uh, tell people they should be doing more of, by the way. But I really do have a fabulous free training, packed full of value. I've many people taking it and tell me that it's just as good as paid training. And that's called How to Get Remote Work to Have a Flexible Lifestyle Without Running Out of Money. That's how people can get to know me. They'll learn some of the tricks of the trade. They'll get some resources and ideas. And then at the very end of that training, I talk about if they want to join remote work school, all the logistics. So the cost and the, everything we've talked about here today. So it's a great kind of prerequisite to, uh, to find out if it's something that can help them. 
Yeah, I would encourage people to do the free training because if nothing else, even if you decide not to work with me, uh, you're going to get really solid, valuable information that you can go do something with on your own. And how does that free training work? Is that just like a one week kind of training? I mean, what is it based as on the same platform as your as your bigger school or, you know, what's the uh, what can people expect out of it? That's just a one hour, maybe like one hour, 15 minute, roughly speaking, if you stick around for the, you know, the questions and all of that. They're not a huge time commitment. Not at all. Part. No, you okay. just, you sign up you, and you pick a time you, when you, you know, you'll, like I, I think you said you'd link to it. You'll, you'll see there are a couple different times you can choose when it's convenient for you and uh, you go and then you'll walk away with some action items and then you can make a decision on whether or not to work with me in a paid capacity. The cool thing about that is it's not a large investment on people's time or pocketbook because it's free, but uh, <laughs> right. time-wise, I mean, in, in an hour to an hour and a half of your time to to really get a good foundation is, I think it's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think that is all of our questions. Is there anything that we might've missed or that you would like to add before we let you go? Oh my gosh. No, I feel like I talked so much. My goodness. Um, thank you for letting me talk about this and share with you. I appreciate your time and interest. No, I, I think I've really said everything that um, everyone would want to hear in this episode, I hope. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll have everything for people to get, get started with that free training. We'll have it all in the show notes and uh, they can just jump right in and, and get a feel for you and, and for remote work school and, and get started. Awesome. Thank you. We want to thank Camille for coming on the show. If you have been thinking about remote work, Sean and I can tell you it is great, but it does come with some challenges and a learning curve. And that is where Camille's remote work school is going to really help you out. I love that she is offering a free startup version. This will really help you decide if going in the direction of remote work is right for you. We will have a link in our show notes so that you can easily find the free training. We want to wish you all safe travels, and we will be back in two weeks with another great episode. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. Hey, everyone. Kenny here. Do you travel with pets and are looking for a way to monitor and be alerted of temperature spikes in your RV while away? I've been using a temp stick in our RV for over three years. And I love the simplicity of being able to connect to any of our hotspots, as well as not having the hassle of any subscription or service fees. If you are looking for a reliable way to protect your pets while away, check out Tempstick at Tempstick.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.